audio podcast hello audio podcast folks i just had to make sure everything else was hit up before you and so if you're making your way on over here from the tic tac and you're like what the hell is going on with them feathers down there at the wine cellar man oh well we're taking a look at old uh, kyle kyle rittenhouse man where everything that's done over there makes sense. We all know that's true, right? It's stuff ought to make you sick. <laughs> so, ABC7 Chicago, Kyle Rittenhouse faces new legal issues and named in a civil suit by the family members of, well, people he murdered because he's murder that ass Rittenhouse, isn't he? And so... Um, we're looking at Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, uh, Rittenhouse, the Antioch teen acquitted of, uh, fatally murdering two people and wounding a third, uh, because he decided to join a gang. That gang is the Proud Boys and he had a weapon and hit the streets in the name of representing that street gang. And this gang is a gang of white supremacy in Western culture, which needs to be replaced. And they saw um, Anthony Huber and other victims as race traitors. And white supremacists like to murder race traitors just as much as they like to murder niggers. So Kyle Rittenhouse went down there, got into some shit on purpose so he could dump some shots and put in some work and beat the case. Gangsters do gangster shit. Right? To quote um, Nazir Jones and many other heads so uh the family of anthony huber one of the uh, men killed is adding rittenhouse to their civil lawsuit uh rittenhouse was found not guilty of five charges relating to killing anthony huber uh joseph rosenbaum also he murdered rosenbaum he murdered rosenbaum Mm. um and injured one other person now what we noted on the tic tac although the uh, lawyers convinced a jury that it was self-defense the the burden of proof is very different in a civil case and it could prevent mr rittenhouse from making a personal profit and gain from the shootings including any possible book deals or speaking engagements This is why I think that the case will fail because Kyle Rittenhouse is a white man. And if we know anything about what happened after the Civil War, the white man always gets his reparations. Kyle Rittenhouse is going to get his written rations, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) I swear to fuck his fucking face on the screen. He looks how Alex Jones sounds. Little piece of shit. A uh, spokesperson for Mr. Rittenhouse did not respond to a request for comment from the Washington Post regarding the civil suit when they broke the story. Earlier this week, uh, Rittenhouse's attorney, Mark Richard, filed paperwork in the Kenosha County City for him to also get written rations on his uh, personal items, the AR-15, um, a dollar that he had, a cartridge of ammunition, and a sling for the gun, right? He uh, he wanted to get that shit back because, well, he's entitled to it. He's Remember, he's a white man, and the white man 
gets his reparations, or in Kyle Rittenhouse's case, his uh, his written rations, if you will. My proctologist is never gonna believe I didn't do this to myself. Say it loud. <laughs> With diet misogyny, I only slut shame women that have consensual sex before sundown. With diet misogyny, I can mask my fat shaming as health concern. With diet misogyny, I only hate black women. Man, that's racism. Thanks to diet misogyny, I'm no longer anti-abortion. I'm just pro-restrictions. All right. And a little bit more on uh, old gangsta gangsta Rittenhouse. And so that article, they the main thing was the civil suit, but they did touch on Kyle wants his AR-15 back. <laughs> All right. And Kyle Rittenhouse is on a pragmatic little media run, right? He is saying the right words. Like, it reminds me of the cat that, um, what was it? Uh, Wallen, uh, the country singer that went up there just nigger niggering about, just inwarding it up, and uh, actually sold more records because of it. And then that little coon-ass rapper boy that needs his ass beaten to the fucking ground with that white man together. Uh, His coon-ass brought that racist white man up in front of a Tennessee crowd to say, ain't nobody canceling shit. Little raggedy, worthless ass. Like, fuck it, you're a nigger too. Like, if the white man calls you nigger and you fucking bring him up on stage in Tennessee... To hold hands with that white man you are his nigger you're his property you're his fucking boy <laughs> fucking weak ass little dirk all right and so kyle rittenhouse is doing the same thing right so what did he say on a podcast we don't want anything to do with that that's his quote right he's saying he wants it destroyed right now you see because kyle Ritt, he's taking the the moral high ground in public right murder people then take this this is the white man's way of doing things he learned it from his forefathers my four owners for a woman somewhere the four rapists but for kyle forefathers he learned the way show up murder these niggas take the moral high ground we're the founding fathers and he's in the founding father of the new generation, I'd say. He's the founding father of Generation Z. I guess kind of him and um, who's your man? Dylan Roof or does Dylan Roof fall into millennial age? Because Dylan Roof was uh, what? He was 19 in 2015. I don't know if that's Gen Z or Malin. I can't imagine him lumped in with me. I was born in 83. Does that work? I don't think so. <laughs> Fucking. All right. Well, let's take a look here. A little bit more of Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, proper media tour running. 
Um, And his spokesperson, David Hancock, said on Thursday that Rittenhouse wants the weapon destroyed and plans to dispose of the clothing so that the items can't be used to celebrate the shootings. And this was reported by the Associated Press. Continuing um, from uh, from David Hancock, at the end of the day, two people did lose their lives. That weapon was involved in that. That weapon doesn't belong on a mantle. Excuse me. It doesn't belong in a museum. It belongs where Kyle wants it and Kyle wants it destroyed. Uh, He continues. There's plenty of people out there who would like to hold these items up on both sides. That's nothing Kyle's interested in on both sides. My goodness. When I first got into the podcast game, like a sentiment of anti-both siderism was very strong in the air of folks that, you know, you might consider the left or consider themselves the left. Um, noted racist uh, Francis Langham. She goes by Blue Gal for the uh, Professional Left podcast. I think they call themselves the um, the Cornfield Resistance now because they're in Southern Illinois. And also the resistance was the big branding for when um, when Hillary Clinton became the only one to lose to Donald Trump and a black person with a with the middle name Hussein. Uh, after that, uh, the name resistance became a big marketing tool for uh, for the, the more center left. Right. And uh, the anti-centrism that was real big on them. Uh, Drift glass and blue gal and Jimmy Dore was real big on the there is no anti-center there is no fucking center right and uh here we are cuz is over here pimping that center hard saying that people on both sides they called it both siderism want to hold these items up who are you bullshitting where what what both sides so you're telling me, because I'm pretty sure I would be considered on the left, though after watching some of these Twitch streamers, I would rather not be, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'd be considered on the left. And um, what the fuck would I want that strap for? Why would I want that um, cartridge of, uh, of ammunition, the sling, the dollar, I'll take his dollar. I'll punch him in his fucking face and take his dollar. But I don't want that shit to hold up for what? But they have to say on both sides just to get always get the bullshit narrative out there. Right. Whether people believe it or not, whether it gains traction or not, get the bullshit narrative out there. Right wingers stay on their job of propaganda, whether or not they're propagandists. This fucker, he's a spokesperson, David Hancock. Uh, he's not the fucking, uh, he's not a, a radio host or a TV personality. He's a spokesperson, but because he's representing the American right wing of Western culture, which needs to be replaced, he has to get the talking point out. Hopefully there is nobody in any comment section of any of the three places I'm live streaming because I can't look at them right now right perils of live broadcasting uh as host and producer (laughs) i'll tell you what all right so let's get ourselves on over to some even more fun stuff 
And let's see, can I uh, can I bumper us into it again? The the with, with no, I have no producer. <laughs> Say it loud. <laughs> Hi, George. The Black Venus. I'm Dido, Queen of Carthage. Fated to the underworld for daring to love. Who dares love me? And that's how a hole makes an entrance. <laughs> that's how a whore makes an entrance uh that little bumper coming off of uh that program harlots that i was uh watching over, over there on the hulu for a little while <clears throat> but now i work too many hours to enjoy life uh so more surprises await scientists at antarctica's doomsday glacier all right the uh the thwaites glacier on over there so they have an aerial picture of uh, ice cliffs at the edge of the Thwaites Ice Shelf in West Antarctica. Cliffs along the edge of the Thwaites Shelf in West Antarctica. Now, we're taking a look at researchers like David Holland, who was an atmospheric scientist at New York University. And researchers like him are in a race to understand the fate of a massive glacier. Now... Uh, what I noted back on the TikTok, uh, driving this news, uh, speaking via satellite telephone on Thursday aboard an icebreaker uh, navigating through thick sea ice near uh, West Antarctica, Mr. Holland and his research team, they aim to gain a better understanding of what is taking place near the glacier's grounding line. That is where the glacial ice meets the seafloor or where floating ice meets land ice. Now there's a big picture, and conditions there will help scientists model the glacier's likely future. The topography, right? That's the land, the upsy downsy fucks aroundsy. The topography, upsy downsy fucks aroundsy. That's a great, great definition for that. So, the topography of West Antarctica's seafloor is such that the ice shelf, that if the ice shelf were to significantly melt or even collapse, warm water could flow well inland, melting land-based ice. That part is new for me, right? If you're a wine cellar head, right, you get a lot of details reiterated, right, restated, rehashed. We heard that one. But what the fuck is this? Again, if the ice shelf were to significantly melt or even collapse, warm water could flow well inland, melting land-based ice, right? So more ice that is on land would melt down into the ocean, and you know what happens when you have a cup of water and you put some more water in it? It over-fucking-flows, right? Pretty sure of that one. So, meaning if the ice shelf breaks up, it will open a path for massive quantities of inland ice that it holds back. The doorstep or a cork in a wine bottle, like a doorstop or a cork in a wine bottle, to flow faster into the sea. 
Now, this would raise sea levels. Ayy. And with potential catastrophic consequences in coastal cities worldwide, the Thwaites Glacier meltwater already comprises the Thwaites Glacier meltwater already comprises about four fucking percent of global annual sea level rise. I like when the in the printout the end of the sentence is one word on the next page. Rise. Uh, some studies have shown that much of West Antarctica may already be on an unstoppable melt pathway, but the specific timing is unclear. Now, David Holland, is uh, his work is part of the International Thwaites Glacier Collaboration, a multinational push to urgently gain a better understanding about Thwaites' fate. And with it, that, uh, that, excuse me, that of some of the world's most populated cities from New York to Mumbai. Now, Hollett's team of scientists, they plan to use hot water drilling to generate boreholes through the ice shelf to observe the water below. The science folks will use a small unnamed submarine, unmanned, excuse me, small unmanned submarines to take readings under the um, under the ice to find out more about the water temperature, salinity, and the ocean currents in areas that are critical for stabilizing the glacier. So they want to find out where, what we talked about before with the Thwaites, they want to find out where maybe they could put in um, brackets, artificial land masses under the ice to hold it up. But then, as was pointed out by Twyla Moon, the researcher out of Colorado, a nerd, that Twyla Moon pointed out, okay, but you're just going to slow it down a bit, but we're going to keep burning fossil fuels, we're going to keep releasing methane gas into the air, and that warm water will continue to flow warm and continue to melt what ice it's allowed to come in contact with, and it's only going to get fucking warmer, right? Do we not understand the it's only going to get fucking warmer part? Maybe not. <clears throat> Taking a book and look back at it. So they have a uh, flashback, right, for this um, <clears throat> in this article. And they look back at December and scientists affiliated with the international uh, research effort. Um, Mr. Holland is participating with them, and he announced they detected new cracks in the eastern ice shelf. They warned that parts of the shelf could collapse in as little as five years, which that was an update I missed in December and became new to me at the top of January. Uh, and it could collapse in as little as five years. Remember, I was looking at the 10-year model, and other more optimistic people are still looking at the century model, the century and a half model. I'm looking at the five years model because in Western culture, the worst thing is what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, could collapse in as little as five years, accelerating movement of inland ice to the sea, eventually causing sea levels to rise by several feet. Right, that would be the two feet. Ooh, excuse me, the two feet projected. And the 10 feet, if it drags every the fuck thing else down with it. All right. Now, 
Um, looking at um, another article up here, Doomsday Glacier, irreversibly melting, researchers say. Ow. Uh, David Holland, we continue on with nerdy, nerdy David Holland, an atmospheric scientist in New York University. Ooh, hold up. My bad. I almost doubled that one up on you. (laughs) We already hit that fucking article. It is really cool doing this with no producer. So we go to Jim Cooperman with an article that I find to be, again, it is um it it's speculative and on what will be uh on what will be the effects or the um or the next play and it's a very hopeful article and so it is an opinion piece by Jim Cooperman here now Jim Cooperman opens up imagining a better future in 30 years um, the, um, than the one where we're heading for now, which requires a major don't look up event, which is what David Holland is calling this, uh, this glacier is the don't look up event, which this is not that similar to that, right? This is one glacier and don't look up was about that meteor. I, I kind of get it. I get it. But goddamn, like Jim is being artsy fartsy in his Coopermanity in this article. Now, continuing with Jim, it would have to be one that could cause a paradigm shift and result in a significant reversal in the current trends of ever-increasing income inequality, climate climate change disasters, and corporate control of political agenda. Which isn't going anywhere. Like, one thing people don't seem to realize is that the political class, the leadership class, the ownership class, they don't care if a bunch of people die because just people that they've had unemployed or underemployed, as it were, they'll just put them in your place doing the work. That's kind of what the underemployment thing is about, to keep you disposable right? I am kept disposable by underemployment and deliberate unemployment. It's so that you can die and be replaced. They just got to train them in so they know how to do the paperwork and run the machines. Now, um, now he does point out, uh, this could come sooner than expected. Uh, they note the, the Thwaites Glacier and give some of the basic information on it that we are all already familiar with. Now, gets interesting in this paragraph on page two. Uh, and again, Mr. Cooperman says, Once countries are faced with resettling millions of people, all other concerns will likely fade away as people unite to make changes needed for both human survival and to tackle the climate crisis. Are you shiting me? Are you fucking serious, Jimmy? Again, he thinks that um, that people are going to work together? Again, because where will coastal people have to move? Inland, right? And what are you going to get as, as soon as you start going inland? These Midwest whackjacks? These fuckers are going to pull out their straps and straight blast on you. 
These are white supremacist killers out here. These are conservative killers out here that don't want to work with you. They don't want you. Um, imagine the landlord situation, right? People are going to call for abolishing landlords because people that are that can afford to buy their own place, they're going to move out here to see that everything's bought up and owned by people that don't need to own it. Like I met one ex-landlord at the GM plant. Motherfucker owned 10 extra houses, owned the house he lived in and owned 10 more they're going to run into people like that. And those people aren't going to want to give up their 10 houses. They're going to be like, no, you need to rent from me, motherfucker. I need to profit off of you. And they're going to be like, fuck you. And the local government is going to have to make a decision or the guns are coming out. And I'm going to be on the side of fuck you. Give up the crib. Greedy piece of shit. <laughs> uh, continuing with this very optimistic article, uh, same paragraph. Right. So he's saying um, there'll be changes needed for both human survival and to tackle the climate crisis won't happen, especially once you're at that level of sea level rise. There's nothing to tackle left. You lost. We lost, Jimmy. We lost (laughs) all aspects of the economy and society will need to shift as people realize that only by working cooperatively will the shift to decarbonization, uh, greater income equality, and true sustainability become possible. Working cooperatively. These are QAnon fuckos. You're going to work cooperatively with these fucking monkeys? Are you all are you all the way serious? Like, who are you bullshitting me or yourself? These people don't want to work with anybody. They wouldn't even they don't think climate change is real. You realize that while the sea level rises, some Christian radio host is going to say God did it because of all the gay people in New York and Hollywood and all the niggers in Louisiana, and all of the coloreds in fucking Florida in general. Too many coloreds in Miami. Yes, all the Cubans vote fucking Republican, but we don't care. There's Haitian niggers down there, and we don't forgive them for, uh, what is it, uh, 1804. And then, like, come the fuck on. There literally nothing logical points to people working cooperatively from the coast with those inland being possible these people are conspiracy theorists every stretch of the way continuing um Again, another paragraph I find interesting here. Uh, Currently, Canada's economy is mostly based on shipping out raw resources. Ooh, excuse me. On shipping out raw resources while the majority of goods are produced in and shipped here from primarily the U.S. and Asia, with most profits flowing to often distant corporate shareholders. I'm sure that uh, that old Jimmy the Cooper man here thinks that that can be changed. I have big doubts. And it continues saying, and um, and when the world finally decarbonizes, notice that Jim is saying when and not if. When and not if. There will still be war, right? 
warplanes flying, war tanks a driving, drones dropping bombs, bombs ruining um, fertile soil that could be used for farming and blowing up human beings and releasing radiation into the fucking air and the ground and all the life, the, the flora and fauna around it. That's not just gonna stop unless you stop Western culture. Unless we have a great replacement, that's your best bet at stopping that shit. But it ain't gonna happen because the fucking punk-ass white left is too damn into plausible deniability. I said leave plausible deniability in 2021, as one of the homies over at the Patreon noted. And homie, thanks for pointing that out, nigga. I forgot I even did that episode, cuz on everything (laughs) that's how busy i am these days so this happy ass article continues when the world finally decarbonizes the structure of the economy will need to change resulting in less reliance on uh, world trade and greater self-sufficiency one way to achieve this goal could be to tax goods according to how far they are shipped to give an advantage to local production very hopeful um, <clears throat> they point out that um, that there are massive amounts of CO2 being pumped directly into the atmosphere and they say that quote flying to distant countries is a form of entertainment that will no longer be socially acceptable how do you just know this is going to happen if we have a sea level rise catastrophe in under a decade, in under a decade and a half, in under two decades, and under that time, you think that shit is just going to happen? That's that same kind of thinking of like, oh, we just have to wait for all the old racists and misogynists and bigots to just die out. Didn't we just cover Kyle Rittenhouse? What the fuck do you think that little white supremacist monkey is? Right? And he's headed into the age of 20. He's going into his 20s as a celebrated murderer for Western culture. Dylan Roof, a celebrated murderer for Western culture. And many other young people of Western culture. And in the old people and the middle-aged people and the people going down into their early 30s, we got too many bootlickers, pro-capitalists, and classist-minded and patriarchal-minded people among them, warlike-minded people among them. We do not have a culture that is inherently progressive. This, the attempted incrementalization of things only needs to literally zero fucking change, i.e. 13th Amendment dipshit. I get it, though. Jim Cooper is probably a nice person that wants to do nice things, and I don't mean to call you a dipshit, Jimmy. You are a dipshit, but I shouldn't call you one. Huh. All right. It will no longer be socially acceptable when millions of people are desperately trying to survive after their homes and businesses are underwater. What the fuck do you think? That's all Earth is, is millions of people trying to survive after white supremacy and capitalism put their homes, culture, businesses, language, customs underwater, under the ground, murdered them, raped their children, took their children, right, miscegenated with their offspring and put white blood into their gene pool and put white culture on their soil and ruined all life on earth. That already happened and is happening. It didn't make things more progressive, Jimmy. 
Jesus Christ, Jim Cooper is a fucking geek. <laughs> All right, and as I look through, I have one more highlighted note to look at toward the end of the article here. I'll give it the whole paragraph. Um, there will likely be a major shift to circular economic systems where money circulates more within each community. No, that's just like how when you look at um, how a dollar um, like only uh, circulates a very limited amount of times among black people in a black community before it cycles right back out to white wealth. Right. If you expand that and it's just basically um, if you want to if you the most progressive you could say is it's going to be a deracialized over miscegenated population several decades down the line. And even then, I don't see too much of that, right? Um, that it'll mostly just be a class issue. Okay, then $1 is going to circulate among the lower class a limited amount of times before it pumps up to the higher class. It's not just going to be a circular system of equity. You happy nigga. You're not a dipshit, but I kind of think you are, Jimmy. <laughs> um... So, uh, again, back to this paragraph. There will likely be a major shift to circular economic systems where money circulates more within each community. The result will be more food and goods are produced and sold locally, and gradually more of what we need to live comes from our own region. Cooperation will outpace competition as communities, companies, and neighbors work together to provide more of what is needed for all citizens to thrive in a rapidly changing world nigga we hate our neighbors and who the fuck are our neighbors again we have land leeches do you know what my neighbors are my neighbors are very 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 poor people stacked on top of each other in a 2000 maybe 1700 square foot house that some land leech cut the basement off from the downstairs and called that a duplex and then cut the attic and upstairs off from the downstairs and called it a triplex those are my neighbors you have to abolish western culture to abolish the capitalism to abolish the prioritization of greed by the masses let's let's word that again the prioritization of greed by the masses because the masses prioritize the greed of the few the workers should kill the landlords all right there are houses that are unoccupied that people like people's trapped in these fucking duplex triplexes can split up into the unoccupied houses and when you kill the landlords the house the landlords it lives in someone can now occupy that building as well much better ideas abolish western culture kill the fucking landlords until then we do not have a, a a model of culture that's gonna lead to people working together just because people on the coast die off are killed by floods are killed by increased extreme fucking storms and weather events and conditions my goodness so yeah i really looked at jim cooperman's coverage of the thwaites glacier glacier more so to critique it 
And that's the thing, like ever since the Rolling Stone article got published, a bunch of people who aren't really following climate change and sea level rise like that got something to say. Like that's the first thing I saw when I went and I made one of those tic-tac applications so I could be a tic-tacker tic-talking on the tickety two. Um, <clears throat> was I was like, oh, what's going on with sea level rise? Like I, ty- I literally typed in Doomsday Glacier because at the moment when I was first searching, Thwaites Glacier wasn't even coming up. And you could tell all people looked at was the Rolling Stone article and then had to just say, look, this is happening. But then, you know, fucking, I don't know, Megan Stallion is going to go get shot or something and everyone's going to be looking at that because some stupid ass rapper that became a millionaire rapper and then decided to be a gangster afterwards got caught up in some gangster shit and got shot and that'll be the news and everyone will give a fuck about that guess what i give a fuck about this article up by amanda oglesby for the asbury park press now let's go ahead and um and bump ourselves into that as old man jackson tries to do this here program with no producer it's a chance to do good for us boys in the hood just call us nwa neighbors with appetizers Boy, just be yourself. If people don't like you, if you're being yourself, fuck them. Let me tell you something. I used to go with a girl man, about your age. I tried to please her peppy all the time. Went out my way to please her peppy. I come in one day, I said, nice weather we have. Say, you can't say that. You can't say that, it might rain. I said, nice tie you got on. Say, you can't say that. My wife tried to choke me with it. Point I'm trying to tell you, son, is be yourself. People don't like how you be yourself, fuck them. Fuck him up against the wall. Wear handcuffs on and crazy through the lips. That's all you do. Mm. Words to live by. Live by him, son. Okay, um, I'm gonna go to the club now, uh, Uncle Vester, and just go. You, 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 you go on and enjoy yourself, boy. Hmm. <laughs> All right, neighborly neighbors, one thing I probably should do is check my decibels, and there they are. I'm still coming up fairly decent on this Wine Cellar Media recording. So, uh, Gulfstream is the weakest in 1,000 years. This is whole new shit to me, all right? For me, this is new. I know nothing of Gulfstream's. So I don't know how deep into a rabbit hole we're going to get on this as we go through the month, through the year of 2022, or through the first quarter of the year at least. But I do find this interesting, and thank you, Amanda Oglesby, for getting this published in the Asbury Park Press. So, what she tells us is, a slowdown in Gulf Stream and large Atlantic Ocean currents could bring as much as two feet of sea level rise to New Jersey's coast, according to researchers. Scientists are watching this slowdown in ocean currents called the Atlantic Meridional Overturning uh, Circulation, AMOC, AMOC, Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation. And that word meridional, right, it is um, related to the meridian. Obviously, you have a meridian as the root and A-L as the pertaining to suffix. And then there's a little change in the spelling. 
And I had to define that for myself because when I first read the article in show prep, I was like, what the blue fuck is that word? So again, Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation. All right. AMOC. And scientists are watching it slow down in ocean currents, which means it's not going as fast as it was previously. And maybe that's not good. (laughs) Okay. Now, uh, Amanda continues in this article, because of a potential for future catastrophic changes to the world, such as precipitously colder Western European winters. Note that precipitously colder Western European winters and major changes in Atlantic dependent fisheries and markets. All right. So, climate change, because the globe is warming, is going to make precipitously colder winters. That's more jet streams from the polar vortex coming down on that ass, like America just got a couple of uh, last weekend, all right? That's this right now is the weekend of the 24th. We're talking about the weekend of the 17th, as it were. Continuing from Amanda Oglesby, Asbury Park Press. Uh, However, recent research indicates an important driver of AMOC, AMOC. The Gulf Stream is the weakest it has been in 1,000 years. That's a lot of fucking time. Uh, We have a quote. This... Ocean currents change is a factor that will make sea level rise in our region, but it is one of a couple factors that makes sea level rise in our region somewhat higher than the global average, says Robert Kropp, a nerd. What kind of nerd is Robert Kopp? I said Kropp, excuse me. And it's Robert Kopp, K-O-P-P. And the type of nerd Robert Kopp is a climate scientist and geobiologist at Rutgers University. Continuing with a further quote from Robert Kopp, what we most need to need to be concerned about is simply that seas, oceans are rising at an accelerated rate. And we're already seeing the effects of that, end quote, from climate scientist and geobiologist at Rutgers University, Robert Kopp. Article continues, even though there is no evidence the currents will stop anytime soon. They're not saying the currents will stop. There isn't evidence for that. New Jersey's coastal communities still need to prepare for rising sea levels. And this is noted by Robert Kopp and other experts. Continuing from Robert Kopp, if you look at the Jersey Shore, the sort of flooding that happened uh, once every couple years in the 1950s, that would be seven decades ago. The flooding that happened every couple years in the 1950s now happens for a week or more in a typical year, said the said the researcher. Continuing, a majority of that can be tied to the effects of human caused climate change on sea level rise, end quote. 
A slowdown in the currents could add another foot of sea level rise on top of the current sea level rise projections in the coming century. Cop said if AMOC stops completely, it could add two feet to the sea level rise. Again, now Amanda Oglesby notes that there is no evidence that it's going to stop. And Amanda Oglesby is the journalist covering it. Robert Kopp is the nerdy geobiologist telling us that if it does stop completely, it could add two feet to sea level rise. That's two feet. If the Thwaites Glacier goes down, it adds two feet plus. That's four feet plus. If the Thwaites Glacier goes down and this stops, you have two feet plus. But if it goes, if the if the glacier goes down and it pulls surrounding glaciers with it, ten feet plus two feet plus two feet, fourteen fucking feet high sea level motherfucking rise. Jesus Christ. Continuing and remember the AMOC AMOC. That's the um booba doop boop bop skibbity doo. The Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation. Now, I want to move down in the article a little bit because they note that it's not going to be like the movie Day After Tomorrow. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> there are other models that predict more than three feet of water. Worst case models saying five to eight feet of water, uh, <laughs> right from a uh, 2000 water levels. That's from where to where shit was in the year 2000, right? So that's beyond even looking at projections from the 1950s. So down here, we look at another associate professor. All right. And this is, um, whoo. Jian Jun Yin. I'm gonna go with the 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 name Yin because I'm gonna I'm not pronouncing this nigga's name well, right? J I A N J U N, and that's one. And then the second part of the name is Y I N. All right, so Yin is an associate professor of geosciences at the University of Arizona who studies ocean currents, sea level rise, and climate change. And this person said that AMOC appears to be vulnerable to Earth's warming conditions. He, like COP, also said a slowdown in Atlantic currents would raise sea level along the Jersey Shore. Now... For some reason, when I was pre-reading this article in show notes, I decided to circle this paragraph in red. (sighs) That's good, right? (laughs) Um, It begins with quotation marks. Quote, when the currents along the eastern seaboard move fast and northward, waters are deflected away from the coast due to the Earth's rotation. This is what he said in an email to Asbury Park Press. Quote, when the currents slow down, this deflection lessens and waters pile up along the coast. All right. So when that water stops moving, it's going to pile up along the Jersey shoreline on the coast. Ooh, excuse me. 
Okay, where did I leave off on this? Well, why did I put the paper down? Along the coast, causing regional sea level rise. According to model si uh, simulations and projections, the slowdown of the AMOC could cause about 20 centimeters, which is nearly 8 inches, of additional sea level rise along the mid-Atlantic over the 21st century. Now, right? And that's now we're outside of that paragraph. And um, another thing that I had noted here was the warming could also harm the Atlantic's marine ecosystem and fisheries off the Jersey Shore. All right. Which seems to be a food supply for folks living on this here continent, particularly in that area not too far off. Now next nerd and we'll get just a little bit from this nerd before we move on forward this is josh kohut uh k-o-h-u-t josh kohut a professor of marine and coastal sciences at rutgers university and new jersey's recreational and commercial fishing communities uh, no, he said New Jersey's recreational and commercial fish fishing communities benefit from the biodiversity bought by the region by ocean currents mixing. Right. So if the current stops or slow that slows down too much, you hurt the mixing. Right. Like, let's say um, I put some items in a bowl and I'm, you know, working in my kitchen and I got some egg here and I got some seasoning there and a little saucy sauce there. Whoop de wop. I got a whisk and I'm mixing. If I'm mixing slow, that shit ain't gonna mix the same way if I'm mixing fast. All right. A bowl in my kitchen, probably not too similar to the ocean, but this is the best way that uneducated William can understand what these nerds are talking about. All right. So the biodiversity is brought on is brought to the region by the ocean currents mixing along the state's continental shelf. Along this shelf, New England water currents interact with the Atlantic's warm Gulf Stream and occasionally swirl off into long lasting water eddies or circular currents. An eddy is a circular current. An eddy is a circular current. Now, Josh Kohut tells us further that those eddies provide nutrient-rich feeding grounds that attract fish and New Jersey's fishing community. Quote, it's, it's just a really dynamic area because of these eddies that can be there. Sometimes they are not there. It just depends on what the Gulf Stream is doing. End quote from Josh Kohut. All right. And that was off of the article by Amanda Oglesby. All right. And let me take a look at. Damn. Check, take a look at my decibels once again. Just running it back. All right. They're, 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 they're running low in some points. Make sure I consistently keep the microphone in front of me as I live stream to YouTube, Facebook, and the Twitch. Am I everywhere? Am I on all the platforms? I put some clips up on the, the Tic Tac earlier. Am I on all the shit? And this article from uh, Amanda Oglesby is on doobadooapp.com. Okay. 
It looks to be associated with the Courier Journal, but it is on app.com. I just wanted to show the love over there and thank goodness to them getting this article uh, usurped, if you will, from the Asbury Park Press. And let's bump ourselves on over into the father mucking next one. I mean, Jesus was a white man too, but you, you know, it's like we have, he was a historical figure. I mean, that's a verifiable fact, as is Santa. I just want right. the kids watching to know that. Yes. But my point is, how do you just revise it, you know, in the middle of the legacy of the story and change Santa from white to black? Yeah. The news is a shit show these days. And we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. The Black And on the third day, God created the Remington Bull Action Rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. Amen. I hope you're sure happy it's Tuesday in the wine cellar. Baby, why are you trying to give me a glass? Just give me that bottle. Show is brought to you by the fuck that Father Teresa does not give. <laughs> You're a witch. <laughs> they were right. They usually are. Nancy, come on, get off the bed. Let's go. She's a witch too, you know. I think the only reason you're in love with her is because she cast a spell on you. No. Yes. Sad but true. That's why I'm here. Help you forget about it. What do you care? Nancy, get off the bed. Look, you scared the shit out of him. Thank you very much. Let's go. No, he's gotta pay. You're just jealous. Jealous? All right. And that bumper is from one of my oldest goddamn show openers. <laughs> Holy shit. And it even says, Sure Happy It's Tuesday. Goddamn, the old Sure Happy It's Tuesday opener used as a bumper and so for this one i want to make that this last one is actually kind of like a a request that was made of me uh from a, a someone that i've met out here in my interactions in um in in grand rapids michigan and the person i met they do have a criminal record they have a criminal history and now they um they they work uh, around 40 hours a week and you know they're just living trying to get by and they were like hey you know there's this expunging program um and he just wanted me to look at it because he was having trouble reading it and i'm not gonna front i don't know this stuff too well myself but let's take a look at this because it is an interesting story you know in and of and so on the front of things is the basics, right, where you see that for Kent County, uh, uh, Michigan. Let me go ahead and bring myself uh, back on up there. Howdy-do, neighborinos. Wider shot, bigger shot. You can see my big, bald fucking head if you're looking at the video. And for Kent County, Michigan, 
A new three-year program will help Kent County residents trying to clear their criminal records. Uh, Legal Aid of Western Michigan, LAWM, they launched the expungement project in October after receiving a $550,000, excuse me, dollar grant from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. It will provide free education, resources, and legal services for people looking to get a clean slate. All right. And now that led me into some areas and I found an article by an individual named Susan Samples. And Susan Samples tells us that while it's clear some people are taking advantage of Michigan's newly expanded expungement laws, the Kent County Commissioner wants to ensure everyone can access the process. A uh, quote from, uh, from Robert Womack, the commissioner for Kent County's 17th District, says, I had a lot of residents and constituents coming to me with questions about the expungements. Convictions affecting them, uh, convictions affect them in housing. It's affecting them in employment, and they really want to get their lives back on track. I know there were some expungement clinics, and I still would have individuals asking questions. So I reached out to the prosecuting attorney, Chris Becker. End quote. The resulting collaboration, we're back to the article by Susan Samples. The resulting collaboration led to the creation of, quote, a guide to set aside expungement past criminal convictions, which is a booklet that provides step-by-step instructions on how to apply for expungement. All right, so directions, right? We're going to give that a gosh darn shot. Uh-uh. Now, the new law went into effect in April 2020, and the Kent County uh, Guide uh, detailing how and when, there we go, how and when to apply for expungement went live in November. Now, there is some shit, I know I sound like Alex Jones right now, like I'm like, Except other than unlike Alex Jones, I've actually read all of my papers I had on my desk. Alex Jones just be slamming his papers down and saying, eh, "We're gonna we're gonna go to rebroadcast." I just I can't I can't cover all this news. I'm just I'm too I'm too nigger triggered. Alex Jones gets nigger triggered. Too many blacks. They're being dark in my presence. <laughs> all right, but um. <clears throat> What I did, um, I noted here, and I'm actually going to save this printout and bring it to this person at work. Um, well, today, actually, because I never stopped fucking working. Um, <coughs> uh, this is interesting right here. So, no more than two assaultive crimes may be set aside in a person's lifetime, whether they are felony or misdemeanor which this is in the guide. So two assaultive crimes, which um, sexual assault is an assault, right? Physical assault, assault with a deadly weapon, right? Assault, bare hands, right? You have two assaultive crimes and uh, no more than that can be set aside, right? Um, Offenses punishable by life imprisonment are not eligible for expungement, 
right? So I'm guessing um, if you took like a plea deal on something where you could have got life in prison, you can't get that expunged, right? If you took a plea deal and you did like 18 years, 23 years, you're not going to get expunged, right? You What? You put in that work and when you were 21 years old, you got out when you're 47 years old, no expungement for you. Um, <clears throat> it also says that Neither are offenses involving, uh, and this is why we have trigger warnings and whatnot all over the goddamn place. Um, actually, not as much as usual. Should I should I bring back like the heavy-handed trigger warning? I haven't had that as much, and been wondering how the audience would respond to that. Because on some level, it's kind of like if you're tuning into the wine cellar by now, you know these this shit's coming. So um, also uh neither are offenses involving uh child sexually abusive material certain levels of child abuse criminal sexual conduct felony domestic violence if the person has has a previous misdemeanor conviction for domestic violence so on some level this is kind of mostly going to be for like little street niggas that put in some work you know whether you were slanging some dope or you beat some niggas down you know you shot a nigga you know, like, you know, if like you shot one nigga non-fatally in the leg or in the arm or some shit, you know, you got your years in, this shit might be for you. Um, additionally, for felonies, the offender must wait seven years to apply for expungement. That's for felonies. So I'd be guessing that for misdemeanors, uh, it's not. Oh, there it is. Right. Th- oh, I. I. If you look here, I'll I'll show my little paper to the screen where I have my little highlights and underlines. And yes, in my little highlight, um, yes, for misdemeanors, the wait is at least three years, right? So um, the applicant has to provide notice um, to us, uh, notice to state police so that, uh, excuse me while I be a yawny fucker. Uh, so that we can review and say, okay, this looks okay. And in general, we kind of leave it up uh, to the court if everything checks out, explained Becker. There may be certain things we take a position on. For instance, if a victim contacts us or if a victim has input, we would say we have issues with the expungement. The law requires that victims of assaultive crimes be notified of the application to set aside the conviction. Misdemeanor marijuana convictions were among the convictions that became eligible for expungements as of April 11th, 2021. I could have swore that Michigan went live on reefer back in like 2015 or yeah, I think 2015 or 16. Maybe as far back as 14, but I might be um, stretch arm stronging that one. It also says the law requires that victims of assaultive crimes be notified of the application to set aside the conviction, right? Victims of assaultive crimes will be notified of the application to set aside the conviction. All right. So like if you were harmed by someone and they're trying to get their shit expunged, then like you get to have a say on that. I don't really know where I stand on that one. Especially considering the Alice Seabold shit. Yeah, Alice Seabold is fucking clogging my mind on this here. And like, and lying ass white women in general. Lying white women are fucking up, um, 
me being able to really take a position on this as opposed to just reporting it right because i am an opinion fucker that's my job news and comment and i'm having trouble with comment on the part of like notifying victims because alice siebold was a victim okay motherfuckers If folks don't know the Alice Siebold story, Alice Siebold is a lying white woman that lied and said that Anthony Broadwater, black man, raped her. Uh, It came back that Anthony Broadwater did not. Alice Siebold became a mega fucking millionaire writing books on that lie, telling the lie in the book, bragging about the lie in the books. The name of the book is Lucky, and it is a book about a lying white woman by the lying white woman and in the audiobook you can hear the sadism in the lying white woman using her own voice telling the story herself and that really throws me off on the sort of like it's a victim impact statement right kind of what the fuck that is uh continuing uh beginning february 19th 2022 people can apply to set aside first time operating while impaired offenses all right so yeah so if you were driving and you you, and you had a couple of adult capri sons and you got hit with a dui or uh, operating while impaired an owi okay um february 19th this year you can begin getting uh working on getting that set aside uh, while Becker noted the Prosecuting Attorneys Association of Michigan did not support the move to allow expungement for any drunk driving related convictions, the organization did support the set um, the set aside expansion in general, working with state lawmakers to develop the clean slate legislation. All right. And a quote and we'll close this down. Um, if someone's corrected their life and they've got away from a life of crime we want them to be productive members of society i mean that's the ultimate goal i think of any prosecutor said becker one uh, one contact with the criminal justice system and you're done that's the ideal people screw up people do stupid things but if you just do it that one time and you move along and be a productive member of society i think any prosecutor is on board with that winecellarmedia.com and as we uh, close and wrap up this thing I will share a thought that has been in my head for several weeks now and I thought maybe I'll write it up, type it up and deliver it but I think I'll just um, speak it extemporaneously right here Um, the premise of the thought is that my niece is my mother all right weird weird thought where's he going with this one what the fuck is that um no my niece is not actually my mother but my niece is my mother you see my niece lives with me right now because my niece needs to be taken care of she is a legitimately nice person in a legitimately very cruel world and intergenerationally um african people on this continent i call us americanized africans a great deal of oppression, harm, abuse comes our way as early as possible in life. And it does make it hard for us to function as we transition from um, adolescent years into what we might call young adult years. And really, these are just years on paper 
These are numbers arbitrarily made up by Europeans with a profit motive in Western culture, right? Western culture with the profit motive just said, ah, 16 years old, yeah, get him a job in a car. 15 years old, get him a learner's permit. They can operate the fucking beastly machine that might kill people, right? 14 years old, get your ass in that job. Yeah, we got our child labor laws, but your principal can sign off, get the fuck to work. I did that when I was 14, right? It's a very bad system. And my biological mother... I learned this from talking to um, her friend Maxine <clears throat> that I came in contact with last year. And, um, and I hadn't had any contact with anyone related to my mother, friend, or family at all since my mother died in 1993. And Maxine let me find out. Uh, she told me that um, my biological mother was um, abused in her home and her biological parents... Um, were gone away after I can't remember if they died or if she was taken out of their custody and then she's with an aunt and uncle and then um it was implied not said directly but I'm betting on a sexual abuse by the uncle or any other males around of course always the pedophilic uh child rape sexual abuse is going on and apparently a great deal of it around the holidays because my bi- uh, Maxine told me that my biological mother would have uh, mental breakdowns in public like right around the holidays when they were in college at the College of St. Elizabeth together back on the East Coast. Right? And my biological mother really had no good men around. All men were just bad, including my biological father. He was a bad man. Right? And, um... And my biological mother eventually gets away from the East Coast. She moves to the West Coast for journalism. Come to find out. I thought my mother was an English major. No, she was a journalism major. And she moved to the West Coast because she wanted to expand her scope as a journalist. Right? She wanted to just know more, see more of the land, meet more people, have more life experience, and be a better writer. And, um, and that's where she's raising me. And as she's raising me, she's raising me to um, to be able to catch a fade, but not be a young man that's excited to jump and get into fights. She's raising me to do house chores. I remember she had me mop the garage floor, right? Putting dishes away, washing dishes, vacuum, sweep, right? Mop, do the whole thing. Um, she's raising me to go outside and pick weeds in the garden, grow food outside, Right, I grew my own carrots and peas under her tutelage while she grew sunflowers on the side of the house. I uh, chopped firewood. Yeah, I handled an axe. I handled a saw. I pruned a tree when I was six years old. Right, like my biological mother was raising me in a very specific way. What is she trying to do? Right, um, she listens to gangster rap with me and says she doesn't like the way they use the B word, but she explains why they don't like the cops and why that makes sense for them to not like the police. You know, she points out the lyrics where two live crew and no, not one of their booty shaking records. I actually don't like those records at all. They suck. Uh, but points out two live crew has a song called in the dust and they're rapping about the crack trade. And she points out where the two live crew notes that the crack is being brought in. Black men aren't just making crack out of thin air. It's being brought into the country. 
right? She's uh, She shows me the movie Malcolm X as soon as it drops. She has us not go to school that day and takes us to the theater to see Malcolm X, right? Which you have the drive there, you have the drive back, and the movie is fucking three hours. That's based, That's the day. So, And she wanted us to see that immediately. Everything was done expeditiously with her, if you will. Right, um... And it's like, what is she trying to do? What is she trying to make me? And I've always been thinking about that my entire life. And now I have I have my biological niece with me just over here in the other room, resting, getting ready for a shift. She was just eating an, an orange downstairs. Uh, she was just helping me with chores yesterday, uh, knocking out uh, kitchen work. Outstanding. Uh, handles, uh, she helps with laundry. Outstanding. She's been on the podcast. Hell, I go, I go to work with her and I, um, I even, I had, I was doing, um, only one shift on Wednesdays, but I go and do an extra shift because I'm just compelled to do that, to go to work with my niece and not leave her there on the shift alone. And I'm realizing I get it. My mother was raising the black man that she needed and couldn't find there were no black men like me that my mother could find to get support from when she needed it. And so now I am that for my niece, but it's not like I just woke up and made myself this person who's going to function in this fashion. My biological mother raised me in that direction, and I think that is constructive. If you're raising a black boy, raise him to be the black man that a black woman needs, not to just be who he needs for himself or who the system of capitalism needs him to be for profit. Don't just raise him to be a good friend to other men. Men, for the most part, are fine. Raise him to be a good black man for a black woman that needs the support, that needs the patience, that needs the caring. We could do a much better job of raising black boys. WineCellarMedia.com Right? This is the uncool part where it's like I just finished the the extemporaneous monologue but all the streams are going oh no i have to stop the streams the show's over go away all right uh, uh twitch whatever you're doing oh wait dude. so now that should be stopped now and then youtube that okay youtube should be stopped okay facebook you should be out of there and then internal recording on the computer Let's go ahead and get you out of there.